Are listening to the 919, the only podcast dedicated to telling the stories of the over 1.5 million people living within the triangle. And I'm your host, John Carter. And this week, in honor of North Carolina Beer Month, I recorded with the head brewer and co owner of a local brewery in Raleigh. So, Gizmo Brewworks is a fast growing brewery along Glenwood Avenue. And we had a great time Saturday sipping some beer while talking about Joe and his journey with Gizmo. As always, if you know someone who's making an impact in the triangle, tweet at me, Facebook me, or email me at the 919podcast at gmail.com. Again, I'm hanging out with Joe Walton. Let's get started. Okay, I'm here at Gizmo Brewworks with Joe Walton, who is the head brewer and co-owner. So, Joe, thanks for being on the 919. Yeah, thanks for having us. And today is, today is National Beer Day, right? It is. Okay, so very fitting that we're recording today. And uh, what are we drinking here? We're uh... So that's our Beekeeper Honey Wheat. It's our uh, flagship of flagships. We have a couple flagships year-round. But it started originally as our summer seasonal. And it was so popular that the second year we decided to try it year-round and keep making it. And yeah. it's by far our best seller. I, I like it. Thanks. Is that, is that what you're having right there? Uh, I'm actually drinking a fake news. I'm a hophead and like IPAs a lot. But um, so uh, Beekeeper actually won this year um, at the Na- the National Honey Board, which is um, the national association that tries to um, work with beekeepers and promote honey in different industries and using it in beer and using wow. it in um, food products. They had a competition for honey beers, and we won best honey beer in the country with that. So in the country, in the country. So we're pretty right pleased. here in the triangles. So right. That's awesome. Yeah, my friend Derek over at Fortnite actually told me about the competition. He's like, I think you know, Beekeeper would be perfect for this. So we sent uh, it, yeah. and we were pleasantly surprised. So what you use the the yeast or like what do you use? Um, so from the bee, it's basically a hefeweizen. And um, in this, we use um, wildflower honey. Okay. And then in our queen bee, which is our imperial honey wheat, which will be out next month for the anniversary party uh, that we also barrel age. That is orange blossom. Um, I know when you guys uh, did the podcast with 919 Beer that you talked about the... the or NC uh, Beer Guys. NC Beer Guys, yeah. I'm sorry. That talked about the um, bee yeast from NC State. Yeah, We also right. make a beer called Born to Bee. And that <laughs> is this exact beer, the the honey wheat. The only difference is the yeast. Rather than using a Hefeweizen yeast, we use NC State's yeast. And the first time that yeast ferments, it actually produces lactic acid, which lowers the pH of the beer, wow. mimicking a sour. Well, actually, it, make, it makes it sour, but without any uh, worries about contamination downstream uh, that other methods of souring, if you're not careful, can cause. So you're saying this is kind of like a sour? So this one isn't. This okay. is just the regular honey wheat. Born to be is, again, everything in the beer is the exact same but that yeast, and that's the one that's sour. Right. And so right, it's, right. it's kind of incredible. It can show you how many variables there are in brewing when you can ch- keep every single thing the same, and you change this one variable, and it becomes a completely different product. Yeah. No kidding. Dang. So you got anything uh, exciting for this afternoon at the brewery or uh, the tap room for National Beer Day? We did not plan anything out. Um, and this just happened to you know, coincidentally yeah. work out. Except this, of course. Um, yes. And I'm kind of <laughs> glad we didn't because it's a terrible day outside, just pouring rain. 
Um, but uh, we do on Friday nights. We always have live music and uh, food trucks, of course. Um, not, let's see. Three weeks from today, May 5th, will be our big 5th anniversary party. And for that, it'll be from noon to 8. We'll have four food trucks out here, Dang. four bands all day, um, six cask beers that we'll release. Queen Bee will be released as well. And it's uh, family-friendly, dog-friendly. It's free. So we encourage everybody to come out. And on Cinco de Mayo. On so, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Again, didn't a, plan it. But. Hopefully a taco truck out there or something. Oh, yes, of course. Okay, of we course. even have a dog food truck coming. Really? That has beers for dogs. Uh, not alcoholic, <laughs> of course, but ice cream, uh, snacks, treats, all that. So. I've never heard of anything like that. We had neither, uh, and uh, we're big dog lovers here, and we found out about it. We asked them to come out, and they had a great time last year, as did we. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, I now I want to come back and you know I'll probably try to come back in that day and just see dog food truck. That's interesting. Um, all right, so Joe, <clears throat> we'll talk plenty about uh, the you know the brewery, but how did you get to the Triangle? Uh, so I moved here after graduating from college at ECU. I was born in Michigan and lived there in Ohio till I was nine. Uh, my family moved down here for jobs. We actually grew. Uh, I lived in Laurenburg, North Carolina, which is about an hour south of Fayetteville, right on the South okay. Carolina border. Yeah. Um, Went to school at ECU, uh, graduated, and um, I liked Greenville when I was at ECU. Loved Greenville, but was ready to get out of there and move on. And um, I had a lot of friends in Raleigh from school um, and a job at the time that I could transfer. So um, I moved up here in 2011. Okay, gotcha. And that was that was after you graduated. So what got you into... Or what did you major in and how did that lead into... So I was an exercise physiology major. And ironically, the reason I chose that major, I did enjoy sports and biomechanics and whatnot, but I wanted to go to med school. Um, And that was the only major at ECU that uh, included all the, you know, the 30 hours of prerequisites you need for med school, chemistry, biochem, um, biology, physics. Um, And so once I got into it all, I really found myself struggling with chemistry, which is ironic because now I'm essentially a a chemist. chemist, yeah. Right. And applied to beer, it all now made sense. You know, (laughs) I've realized I learned a lot more than I thought I did. But um, for me, it was more the math. The concepts were were very, I I love the idea of chemistry. But when I had to convert from grams to moles and not able to see, you know, or physically touch that or understand why I'm doing it, I just, I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, and so I then decided I was going to go to law school, uh, got in and the summer before I decided to go, I just had this gut feeling that I started to get into business and entrepreneurship and that I kind of wanted to do something else. And I talked to the law school, uh, Dean and he said, if you think you want to do anything else, go do it first. He's like, we'll (laughs) always be here, but you know, it's a big commitment, both financially and with your time to, to go to law school. Um, and about six months after that, uh, my girlfriend got me a homebrew kit and was bit by the bug and <laughs> uh, started volunteering here and here I am. Dang. So so you, um, I know Gizmo was founded in uh, 2013, right? Correct. Were you one of the founders? I was not. Okay. Uh, I was an early employee. Basically, there was a brewery here before us called Roth Brewing Company. Roth. Okay. And they were open for two and a half, maybe three years. And when they went under... Um, some of uh, my current partners were regulars here, worked in the area. There's a place called Tech Shop next door that a couple of them worked at. And they all got together and invested and um, took over Roth. Wow. And so that was in 2013. And then I started in 2014. <clears throat> gotcha. And then I guess you're one of the investors 
So how did you become the co-owner? So about a year and a half ago, one of our uh, owners um, decided to move on and uh, his equity was up and I was offered to be a part of the ownership group and, and purchase back that equity so we didn't have to take on any other other outside investors at the time. okay that's smart so that's awesome um so for those of you that don't know how gizmo brew works uh or where it is it's in an industrial park right across from umstead so the entrance off of glenwood i feel like that's fitting considering the name gizmo and it's an industrial park like that's right and rtp's that. right there and that's yeah. kind of what it's a nod to i mean um all, all of our uh owners either worked in rtp or worked in engineering or some of them at tech shop right next door doing uh, you know that kind of stuff um and we do a lot of stuff here is is do it yourself i mean our beer garden outside we built um the whole tap room used to be over here those four shanks in the wall right there are the original four taps that there was a oh, wow. there was yeah. a fridge right there that connected to the other time or other side um and about two years ago as we were expanding and getting bigger tanks we needed a bigger cold room and we put that on the back of the building and found out it was going to be a ridiculous amount of money to run chilled taps line, beer right. lines, all the way up to the front. And for the same cost it was going to be just to do that, we realized that if we did it ourselves, we could flip the whole tap room and build that whole tap room on the other side. Right. Um, and so that's what we did. And so that's kind of where the gizmo plays in. I like that a lot, yeah. And then the... The location is pretty much just like why why try to reinvent everything when Roth had their stuff here. You could just kind of take it over, right? Right. Well, and it, a lot of it came down to stuff like permitting too. By buying Roth versus starting a new company, we were able to acquire their TTB permit. So we didn't have to wait okay. nine months for an application process and approval before we could start brewing. And if we had, we would have never made it to, to open because of that lost revenue for nine months. You're sitting there on your investment without being able to make money. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that, for instance, before you apply for these permits, you have to have your lease signed and your equipment in place. So if you're talking about a million dollars, not when they bought Roth, but if you're starting up a new brewery and you spend one or two million dollars and you have to then wait for nine months... <laughs> That's I mean, tough. they're not waiting for you to start making payments. You know what I mean? So right, right. It, it's rough. Um, but as far as the location goes, we're in a, a great place in Raleigh being so close to the park. We're right here by Briar Creek, right here by um, Umstead Park, right off of 70. But we're a little bit back off 70. And a lot of people, I would have never found this place without GPS, you know. Uh, but once they come, they, they normally come back because they, they realize. We're, I mean, like you said, you live in Briar Creek. and Yeah, I appreciate that you're so close. Right. <laughs> That's great. So I guess most of your customers are either people that have been here before, um, but I mean, they come from the park or Briar Creek area, or, I mean, you've got all of Glenwood right there, right? Right. There's a lot of residential around here. I mean, right. we have a lot of regulars and people that, you know, just, they're our neighbors. They live around here. I mean, I live right up off of Ebenezer Church, um, yeah. a half mile away. Um, and then we, you know, of course we get people that are here for beer tourism. I mean, there's so many, you know, whenever I go on vacation, that's what, we do. We pull up on a tapped and hit breweries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people do that. So when you can come to Raleigh and hit, you know, 10, 12, 14 in an afternoon and you're driving 10 miles round trip, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, versus some places you go and, well, there would be three breweries in town, but they're a $30 Uber across and around. You exactly. Know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we're all, we're trying to take sips in between questions. Yeah. A <laughs> um, so, there, yeah, like you said, there are a ton of there are a ton of breweries around the the triangle. But what makes Gizmo different? Um, so I think part of what makes us different is our size. Um, 
we started as a two barrel brew house. We now we're not a seven, and we've maxed out this building, and we're actually contracting. And uh, I go over to uh, our friends at Fortnite's; they have a thirty barrel, so four times the system. Wow! Um, and so Beekeeper and some of our bigger beers we can do there, which frees up our smaller tanks here. So doing seven barrel batches, it's big enough that we can have enough to pump out of the tap room and then give select accounts. You know, some of these specialty one off beers that we do. But it's not so big that if you take a risk and go all in on something new and it doesn't sell as well as you thought, now you're sitting on, you know, six months worth of inventory with a product that has a shelf month of th- or a shelf life of three months, you know? Right, right. Um, so it, it enables us to really, we, like I told you earlier, we release a new beer every single week. And it does, I don't mean as in it may not have came out last year, but I'm saying we are constantly pushing out new beers and trying new stuff. And so... We, again, at our size, it's big enough that we can get valuable market feedback and sell enough to be able to say, okay, how did this do? How long did it take? And look for patterns and trends, but not so big again to where we're risking everything every time we release a new product. Um, And because of our size, we can also be very nimble and adapt to the market. And, you know, um, it doesn't take us six months or eight months to from inception to launch to release a product. We can do it a week. So, uh, well, two weeks for fermentation, but... (laughs) So, yeah, you said that, like, I, I read somewhere you come up with 20, about 20 a year, um, average, like, releases. That's like, probably fair. Brand new. That's probably fair. Estimate, yeah. that, that's crazy. Like, that's I've never heard of, of I've never heard of any other brewery doing that, at least to my knowledge. I don't know any in the area. And it's, yeah. so it's, every time you come <laughs> to the tap room, there's, you know, if you come once a month, there's going to be four or five different beers. We have 20 taps here. Try them all. Yeah. Uh, right. And you know, it's to the point now where some of them are in their third, fourth year of coming out. And you know, we don't, we're not at the point yet, which I would love to be where we have people lined up down to the end of triangle drive camping out the night before, but we do have people now that, Oh, this is back. And they'll make a special trip here just right. to try that beer, which is awesome. Gotcha. And then I think I asked you this earlier. What, what beers are you featuring like for this month? Like what came out uh, recently? So, uh, this week we released uh, Biplane, which is our tequila barrel aged Imperial Goes. Um, is that a nod to like the Wright Brothers? The Biplane? It is. Okay. Yeah. So, that's part of our inventor series. Once a month we do a high gravity beer that we release. And so there's 12 a year. Um, and those are all pay homage to either an inventor or an invention, uh, whether it be, you know, a, a, a physical machine or even just a concept. Yeah. So, um, we have Biplane, which is based on the Wright Brothers. Um, Bright Idea, which is the Imperial Blonde Chocolate Stout that you tried earlier with the Edison. chilies. Edison. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, but then there's some like uh, Aztec Gold, which is based on the fact that the Aztecs used cocoa or cocoa as currency. Oh, um, okay. And yeah. so it's, there's chocolate in the beer and it's a play mm-hmm. on that. So it doesn't always have to be just, you know, a person or an inventor. Um, I think that's awesome. And then... I- so you mentioned earlier you're drinking you're drinking fake news. Fake news, yeah. So how did you come up with that? So um, <laughs> with releasing so many beers, you have to come up with a lot of names too, and um, that one was really fun. I mean, obviously it's it's the buzzword of our moment, right? I mean, it's you <laughs> yeah. can't turn on the TV, you can't read the news without hearing it. Um, rarely is it a good idea to wade into politics when it comes to branding, at least in my opinion, That's what because I was gonna say, like, you run the risk of you know immediately alienating half of your your clientele. Uh, cause what's funny to one side may not be to the other. Uh, but with fake news, it's something that it's, it's not Everyone one side's behind cons- that. Exactly. And both <laughs> sides are slinging it and you know, it's, 
everybody can relate exactly and so it was an opportunity to kind of to jump on that buzzword and have some fun with it and it also kind of it's it's a new england ipa so when i was trying to think of a name and it doesn't always be a play on words but i was thinking fake news england ipa and that's kind of Uh, where we ran with it i like that gosh and then um are you are you the primary i guess uh the, the guy behind the names or you have a team that you just try to brainstorm. I mean, it's, it's, a, we brainstorm. It's a democratic process. I, I'm in charge of coming up with the name and, and branding and the way that normally works is, I mean, but I take input. I don't, I want everybody's opinion and we'll, we'll kick ideas around. And, right. Right. Um, and then, uh, my partner, Brian and I will sit down at the computer and he's the, I'm more creative and come up with a concept in that sense. He's more very technical and can get on Photoshop and, I can have an idea in my head and he can make it show up on the computer screen. Right, okay. And so, and then we just play back and forth and bring everybody in. What do you think of this? And somebody, oh, well, let's move this there. Or let's put this here. So I'm curious, I, cause I don't know anything about this process, but if I'm sure there's, there's plenty of, I don't know how many breweries in the United States there are now like craft beer breweries, but I mean, they're all coming up with names too. Maybe not as much as Gizmo, but how do you make, how do you avoid the copyright? Um, or how does that work? So it's a, Different people have different approaches to that, um, but it's obviously it's becoming an increasing problem. I mean, any any hot pun, for instance, that you could think of has already been used. I mean, every yeah. you know you have to become more creative and get more clever with your naming and stuff like that. Um, for us, it's uh, uh, it's ge- it's geographically based. I mean, there's very few things unless you make up a word that hasn't been used somewhere at some point sure. by some company, right? Yeah. But if I've got a beer name and nobody's done it on the East Coast and there's a little brew pub the size of us in California that's never going to distribute here and we're never going to distribute to California, I'm comfortable using that name, particularly if it's a different style. Um, now, I'm not going to, we're not going to rip their branding off and their their image right, and all right, that right. stuff as well, right? Now, on the flip side, if I have this awesome idea for a beer name that I think and I look it up and somebody in Charlotte has it or somebody that is either in our market or that there's a good chance eventually that they'll be in ours or we'll be in theirs, then that's when we, we look for something else. Yeah. Uh, uh, because you sense. do run the risk of having two beers with the exact same name sitting next to each other on the shelf. Yeah. But I, I mean, beer names are becoming, I mean, they're IP now. They're, they're literally, I mean, we've got trademarks on some up here. Oh, literally wow. Patent, you know? Um, and now whether we choose to enforce huh. those, again, if I find out some small brew pub in California has a beer named Deep Blue, I'm not worried about it. But if I find out that, you know, my next door neighbor is going to name, you know, Lone Rider wants to name a beer Deep Blue, <laughs> I think that would be a problem. Just like if I wanted to name, rename Beekeeper, you know, Shotgun Betty, it would be an issue as well, you know. Right. So it's kind of, there's been some big cases with this and not only over beer names, but over brewery names like um, the one here, Bell's. Uh, right. Did you hear right. about Bell's and Innovation? I didn't hear about the story. I just I didn't know about the. So Bell's has a slogan, I believe, and it uh, it's not their main thing. It was just on their delivery trucks, and it said uh, "innovative brewing" or "brewing innovatively," something along those lines. Um, well, innovation down here in North Carolina opened, and Bell sued them, saying they were infringing on their copyright for innovative wow. brewing or brewing innovative, whatever it was by naming their brewery Innovation. And this took three years in the courts, but it actually just got settled and they ruled that Innovation could keep its name. Wow. But had it been Bell's, it would have obviously been a different story. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, 
And, it, and you come up with so many, so I mean, I'm sure it's on your, your mind a lot. We always, I, it's the first thing I check when I have a beer. I do, name is, I go on Untapped and other websites and try and search the name. And if anything's within, you know, a four or 500 mile radius, we don't sure. touch it. That makes sense. So describe, I mean, obviously I, I'm not blind. I can see this, but for people that haven't been to Gizmo, um, you know, describe the experience and describe, you know, what they're seeing when they come in to, uh, to the area. Uh, so when you come in, you're not going to know where you are and where we are. It's, I mean, we're back here, you know, the road triangle drive is about a mile long at dead ends and there's a sign there pointing that we're down, but then it dead ends again and we're kind of tucked back behind a building, behind another building. But, um, <laughs> we've put a lot of work and a lot of energy into turning this place into, from just a, a room into a tap room and into a, right. a brewery. Um, we put in the beer garden uh, about two years ago, which has been huge. I mean, it's tripled our seating, essentially. Flipping the tap room over also made it a lot bigger. So we're working on, um, uh, we put the glass front uh, garage door in, mm -hmm. um, the new bar. We're adding furniture. Um, we just added those barrel tables about three weeks ago. Um, we have a hop field, actually, on the other side of the building next door with 38 plants and eight varieties. So it's, wow. you know, when people come out here, um, something like that hot feel is not something that if we were downtown Raleigh, we could do. And so, sure. um, it's definitely more of a, um, uh, I mean, a place to come and hang out and chill versus go out and uh, I guess, I don't know, for lack of a better term, um, like party and, and yeah. bar hop. I mean, we're kind of I back did. here, but we have a fire pit. We, all of our neighbors work down to five. And so, you know, on the weekends and at night, there's nobody else out here except in you're in this middle of this industrial park and everything's quiet except Gizmo, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's nice. We don't have to worry about, uh, you know, noise ordinances and stuff like that. So I think that's awesome. And uh, I was, I mean, we're recording, what time is it? Like, uh, you know, one thirty-two. Yeah. So I was, I was surprised to see so many people here in the tap room this early. Like, Oh, um, and it's raining. If I, it's if raining it wasn't too, raining, yeah. there would be 50 more people here right yeah. now. So. so that was, that was really impressive. Like, I don't think that's very typical necessarily of other, uh, tap rooms in the area. So, and you can't underestimate that outdoor space. I mean, just when, you yeah, know, when huge. it's nice and weather's huge for us, but when it's nice, I mean, we've got 18 picnic tables out there and a stage and the fire pit and, you know, 20 or 30 Adirondack chairs. And I mean, if it's nice out, it's hard to find a place to sit out there, yeah. which is, is great. So <clears throat> I want to ask you, you, you meant, we talked about fake news and we talked about the political stuff, but I wanted to get your take on the self-distribution laws in North Carolina. So has that affected you or do you think it's going to? So and maybe you are could, you talking about maybe, the cap? Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? Okay. So in North Carolina currently, if you have 25, if you produce 25,000 barrels or more a year, you are forced to sign with the distribution company you are no longer allowed to self-distribute. And the argument, and in my opinion, I, I totally understand the argument, it's, it's an arbitrary number. Why 25,000? Right. And what it does is it forces companies that, you know, to get to 25,000 barrels, that's a huge amount of production, not relative to Budweiser or Bud Light or even like Sam Adams, but to put it in perspective, we're gonna do 2,500 barrels this year. Mm -hmm. So, and we're talking 25,000, you know? Right, that's a um, So, you know, these companies are going to, to get to 25,000 barrels and be self-distributing, you've got a team of delivery drivers, a team of salespeople, you have a, you know, a team of logistical managers in place, you've got 
a fleet of vehicles. I mean, this is all right. a major investment in the local economy, in in job creation, in everything, right? Right. But then once you get to the point that you're successful, you're forced to hand over all of that to a middleman. <laughs> That's the the issue that people are having. Right. But on the flip side of it, these distributors feel it's their right and have had control of this industry for so long that if they don't want anybody else to have it if they don't get it. Um, so as far as will it affect us, I doubt it. I mean, as far as we're not going to probably get to that level, that's not our goal mm -hmm. to be, because you're, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of beer. And we want to stay more local. Yeah. Um, but as far as my opinion on it, I don't think that you should be forced to give all your hard work away to another company sure. because you've hit an arbitrary number. Yeah, I was just I was just curious. I know a lot of um, people I've talked to that are at least involved with you know the craft brewery scene. They're irritated about that, and then you have companies like Red Oak that advertise that on I forty, you mm -hmm. know, and then you see that and you're like, what are they talking about? So I was just interested, but no, that's cool. Um, well, so so you mentioned that. So what's what's the future for Gizmo? You know, what's what's gonna what are, what do you envision for um, you know future years and everything? Currently, we're actively looking for a second facility. Um, like I said, we're maxed out here, and we're brewing at Fortnite right now. So we're trying to find another brewery, to um, a place to open another brewery and another tap room as well. Um, so that's the goal for this year and in the next couple. Uh, we just started canning, which has been big, um, and Fortnite's allowed us to do that as well. So um, starting to push out to grocery stores more and start to yeah. move more volume. Um, and with that comes better recognition and more traffic here and oh, sure. everything. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I think, you know, I've talked to a lot of friends, they go to, you, know, you get to pick six from Food Lion or, or Total Wine or something. So you're trying to get to some of those places as well. Or? We're in Total Wine. Um, we're in most of those foods in the area. We just got into a couple of Harris Teeters, including the one up in Briar Creek. Um, so more, more grocery and, um, I mean, bottle shops as well, but yeah. We started self-distributing um, statewide last year, so um, we're also focusing on you know other key Charlotte, uh, Asheville, the Triad, okay. Wilmington, and the Beach, um, and so that's been the last year has been figuring that out and um, adding new delivery drivers and new sales reps and you know kind of getting a hold on these new territories. That's awesome. So it's so, exciting, <clears throat> and it's NC Beer Month, like I said earlier. So. Mm -hmm. Anything, so I, you have the celebration on Cinco de Mayo, which is exciting. Anything else for the the month of, uh, I guess, April for NC Beer Month? Well, I mean, there's lots going on. Um, we're going to be releasing, I think next week, a collaboration that we did with Fortnite. Uh, it's a Berliner Weiss with uh, black currants, a bunch of black, a lot of black currants. <laughs> it's it's black purple. Currants. The beer is purple, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. We'll be at Brugaloo, obviously, at the end of the month, a huge beer festival downtown. Right. What, what day is that? Because I definitely want to I go. I think it's the 27th. 27th. Yeah. It's that Saturday. Um, check the calendar. <laughs> um, we'll be in Hickory for Hickory Hops the weekend before that, which is their annual big beer festival there, uh, which is always a lot of fun. Mm. Um, I mean, there's events almost every day this month, so lots to do if you're a beer fan in North Carolina. Yeah. This is a good... If you like beer, it's a great place to be. Right. <laughs> and I'm area. sure the Brewers Guild, uh, the North Carolina Brewers Guild website has, you know, a master list of all the beer events. I wouldn't be surprised if the NC Beer guys have uh, yeah, I should, one I as should, well. I think just because I interviewed them and they, they bragged about their schedule, I think I should 
tell they have a great event right. <laughs> list there. So, and then I think our state magazine also does a mm-hmm. section about like on their website they have a NC Beer Month section. Right. I even think uh, it might be I forget what we said, but it might be our state that actually uses NC Beer Guys uh, their list of events. But uh, yeah, the good thing is in the Triangle, there's a lot of you know events in the month of April to go have some beer and enjoy. So. Awesome. Uh, well, Joe, I asked this, if you listen to the other uh, podcasts, and you know I ask this every uh, podcast, but how are you transforming the 919? Um, I mean, I think that we're uh, proud to be a part of this amazing craft beer scene in, in North Carolina, but especially the Triangle. I mean, there's almost 60 breweries within 25, 30 miles of here now. It's just incredible, and we all help each other out, and I mean, I, I call it brewer's credit, but I if I need anything, sack of malt, yeast, or whatever, I know that I could call anybody here, and I'd have it in 30 minutes, and they know that they can expect the same from me. Um, I think one of the things that I'm most proud about is just, with growth comes stuff like creating jobs, and like when I first started here, I was the third employee to this company, and I was part-time, and now we're up to 11 full-time employees, and, yeah. and adding more regularly, and if we get the second facility, it'll be huge so i just i think that that's cool is that we're having a you know a positive inc- impact on the economy and helping other people do what they love and enjoy and also you know be able to make a living um right and i also think that we've got a really cool spot out here for people that live close to come out and hang out and you know uh you know uh socialize with other members of the community so that's awesome and I appreciate personally because I, I just I just finished my beer um, off camera, but that that was fantastic. So I really I, that was my first time trying your flagship beer, so I really liked it. Thanks. But, yeah, and I know there's a lot more. I'll have to come back for the the releases each month and everything. So, uh, well, Joe, is there anything else I forgot uh, that we should mention um, for Gizmo? Not that I could think of. I mean, if if you haven't been out here, definitely come out and see us. And like I said, we have 20 beers on tap, and they're always changing, and we're always trying to do some new funky stuff. So, um, And definitely uh, come out to the anniversary party on the 5th of May. Awesome. All right, well, Joe, thanks for being on the 919. Thanks for having me. Awesome. just listen to Joe Walton from Gizmo Brew Works. If you like the pod, leave a five-star rating on iTunes, and you can follow me on Twitter or Facebook at The919Podcast. Thanks for listening.